What up, what up, what up? Yo. Got my list here. Sorry, I was uh, running a little late for the recording tonight. I was uh, finishing up The Bear, uh, which is a show that's uh, via FX, but I think it's only streaming on Hulu. I uh, could be wrong about that, but uh, very good show. Love season one. Uh, season two dropped on Thursday last week. And so I watched six episodes last night and then four episodes today. So I'll come up with the whole uh, thing. They didn't, yep. they didn't do the like weekly or whatnot. Nope. Just all at one time. Um, I forget. Someone told me about the first season. Uh, I think I was looking for something to watch and someone's like, Hey, should you get the show? And I'm like, what's it about? And they're like, uh, this guy who's a chef takes over the restaurant for his brother. And it's it's really good. Uh, story and acting and everything is just top notch. So um, I thought it was going to be over close to 10, but I think the, ep- the last two episodes were just a tad bit longer than I was thinking. And then I do have Hulu with commercials. It's free from Spotify, but that tax on, I guess, a few extra minutes too. So that's why I was running late. And then uh, I I don't have video tonight. So we I know this won't be, um, or I'll try to do that next week. Um, I just, would have had to set everything up. And I was like, well, it's already getting later already. Uh, I will skip the video this time. But uh, next time, uh, I need to debut the uh, the jersey that I promised the last episode. Oh. So that's going to... Yeah. Uh, put it on hold for this week. But... Um, so good. I have... Uh, I know a few... I know a few things uh, you wanted to talk about this week. So I, I kind of kept those in mind. Um saw boy genius this week as well uh so yes i know we can discuss that so um maybe a draft was thursday actually a pretty busy week yeah it really was so we we're two weeks we didn't have one last week uh i don't know about you but my schedule was crazy so like i didn't mention recording because i was just so tired every night and then when you didn't mention i was like yes and um (laughs) I literally last week I fell asleep before like eleven multiple nights. There were some nights I fell asleep before ten, which I never do. Uh, but yeah. So, anyways, we're two weeks behind. Not a lot happened the week before, though, other than you. No, I watched uh, the U.S. men's, which I do want to talk about, and then obviously this past week you had uh, Boy Genius, which I'm super excited about. Um, mm-hmm. I do. Also want to mention the NBA stuff, which, and we don't have to talk about a lot of it, but you probably actually have better notes or paid better attention to that than I did. Because as I told you, I fell asleep after like the fifth pick. Yeah. You said after the twins were drafted, it was like, that was pick like five. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And again, it it was not on purpose, but I just fell asleep watching it on my couch. I was tired. I mean, you didn't you didn't miss much. We'll get into that here in a few. But as far as recording, like Sunday, I know we've been trying to record on Sundays. Uh, I don't have succession right now, so it just seems to make the most sense to just tough it out. Yeah, Sunday because usually it's a night I'm not getting a ton of sleep anyway. But then last week was Father's Day, so we were visiting my grandfather. And by the time I got back, I know that when you mentioned it, it was like nine o'clock, like after nine. I still wasn't home. And then I had to get home, eat, and put things away. That's what I was like, yeah, I'm good to not record. And then Monday, I was um, I didn't bring it up because I knew the concert being Tuesday, 
and I knew I was going to get up earlier. So um, I kind of just let it slide there. But yeah, it, it's no biggie at all. And then I didn't want to do it Thursday because of the draft. Uh, just right. I thought like, and I'll be honest, like I was in, I watched it. I wasn't watching it super closely. Um, but I had it on. I was playing a little bit of baseball at the same time. Um, actually watching a little baseball too. The pirates have been in a really bad losing slump. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I <laughs> that's right. One in 12, I think the last 13 games. Cause they were Oh, and 10. Uh, and they, they had a four game series uh, with the Marlins and they won one of them. Uh, I think that was Friday and they wow. lost the other three games. So yeah, they are well, not. <laughs> um, why don't we start there? Because as uh, listeners know, I don't really follow baseball that much. Uh, so they had been, and we've talked about it in previous weeks, they had been doing really well. And it's like, awesome. At some point, they're going to stumble. And then they didn't stumble. Or they stumbled a tiny bit, but not much. So now, I guess, would you say that they are acting as a, they are now playing as expected? <laughs> I would say, yeah. Um, and it, it's been, it's been, they've not been hitting well. So there's that, but also the relief pitching has been terrible. So the one night, and I think it was the night of the NBA draft on Thursday, they were at four to one heading into the eighth inning. And oh, I yes. sent you a message and I was like, oh my God, they're finally going to end the losing streak tonight. And what happens? They gave up five runs in the eighth inning. And they're playing in Florida, so they only had one, one inning left to make it up. In one inning, they gave up yeah. five runs to go down. <laughs> that's re- yeah, that's crazy. It, it's it's just been awful, and they're not hitting well. The relief pit, like they had a great um, showing, I would call it, of uh, Mitch Keller was pitching that night, and they, they did really well. And it's just like the, the relievers just aren't very good. Uh, they're not hitting very well. And so it just, they keep kind of like shooting themselves in the foot. Um, they are, they have been playing tougher teams too. Uh, they started with a pretty decent schedule. Uh, but since then have played like the Cubs and Brewers who are right now leading the division. I, no, I'm, I take it back. They might not be. But they were for a period of time. It was them or the Brewers leading in the division. Um, and now the Reds have peaked back up, which I am oddly enough going to touch on another team. Um, you had sent an article to a group chat with me, you and Brett, uh, yes. about uh, Ellie De La Cruz. And it, it was kind of how... And it's actually a really good article. I actually really enjoyed reading it. Um, it was the same night that he had this unbelievable um i don't know if it's called a run out again i i've watched baseball i don't know like someone but it's like he hit the ball it should have been an easy out for the defense but he is so fast he beat the run out to the base and was safe on first he is just unbelievably talented he's very young i think he's 21 this year and he has the talents um, to really potentially be one of the better shortstops. He can play other positions as well. But uh, it was an article about this company where they kind of get um, a lot of foreign-born players seen by teams, or it's kind of like a training. 
but they get like a certain percentage of any future contract earnings. Um, So if he signs a deal for like 150, 200 million, they may get like five or 10% of that. So rather than you pay them right then and there, they give you a little bit of money and say, of all future earnings, we get X percentage. And it can be kind of predatory, kind of like what Brett was saying. Um, It's a very interesting article. Um, But but anyway, it really got me interested in Ellie De La Cruz. And I even told you that night, I was like, I'm going to trade for him in the baseball game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I'm playing the show. Yeah, on your video game, yeah. Yeah, so I uh, traded for him in the show. He actually has been really good because he can play. um, I can He's in the game, his uh, position's a shortstop with uh, secondary being second base and and third base, but I've been putting him in the outfield too because he has the speed to play outfield. He just usually doesn't. Um, But but, uh, yeah, it's so the Reds have been on a wild streak heading into I think it was Friday. They had won I think 11 in a row that night or maybe it was 10 in a row. And that night I told you that he had hit for the cycle. He was like the youngest player to hit for the cycle, which is a single, double, triple, and home run in the same game, which is tough to do because you, at best, usually get four to five at-bats in a game. You usually get more than that. So, I mean, you really have to be on it, and it's kind of very hard to do that, you know, just to to get those specific bases and everything. So uh, he he hit for the cycle, and they ended up beating the Braves, which is another really, really solid team in the NL. Um, And uh, they had a 12-game winning streak, and I think they lost on Saturday. Um, I didn't check for today's score or anything, but the Reds have went from literally worst in the same division the Pirates are in to first place. Uh, so it's they have they have this wild winning streak, which twelve games is a lot in baseball. Like the longest win streak in in major league is twenty six games, done by like the twenty seven Giants, I believe. But yeah, it's very very tough to have long winning streaks like that in baseball, especially now with closing pitchers and relief pitchers. Um, where that wasn't necessarily used like in the past. So you can always get fresh arms. So it's very tough to kind of get a long winning streak like that. Uh, even some of the best Reds teams uh, in the past have never done something like that. So yeah, I've, I've never paid more attention to baseball than this year. It's been, it's been pretty wild. Yeah. Well, I, I live my baseball through you. So uh, the, all the pirates coverage is inter- just entertaining, but that is a pretty, that's a pretty good turnaround. I mean, stuff like that's happened before, but it's still a pretty darn good turnaround uh, for the reds. And yes, to I'll, what I'll do is this week, if I remember, I'll do it tomorrow, but at some point this week, I will uh, share that article that you mentioned on the mm-hmm. top plays Instagram. Cause it is interesting. So like, the response is some people say yes that they t- this company targets uh, foreign players that don't fully understand the money aspect of things. Uh, they have said that's not true. We have so many more American players than we do. But the idea is just real quick, and then like I said, I'll share it. But so real quick, just kind of ex- explanation. It's a foreign ba- baseball player, a, a former baseball player that started a company with some other people. And what they do is 
like farm league, minor league players do not make much money, like 30, maybe 35,000 a year. That's it. So what they do is you sign with us and we're going to give you like 300,000 or $350,000 right now. If you never go to the major leagues, you never have to pay it back. If you go to the major leagues, then we get a percentage that's already agreed upon when you sign. And for some people, it's like 8%. Some people, it might be as much as 10%. But they get that percentage of, like you were saying, the earnings from now on. So their response to being predatory is saying, hey, we have so many more American players. It just so happens that some of our players that have actually made it to the major leagues are the foreign ones. So anyways, I'm not saying one way or the other. I do think there's a possibility it's shady. But anyways, uh, I'll, I'll share the article because like you said, it is a really good, interesting article. Uh, so I'll share that uh, this week. And, yeah. and to touch on it, you're, I mean, you're, you're right. And I think Brett mentioned as well, when you play in the minors, for the most part, you don't make a whole lot of money. Like, right. Especially if you're like in single A, I mean, you may pull $30,000 a year and it's like not much. Like I'm, I'm even going just based off the game and contracts and whatnot. Like most of my players, like even like the, the lowest players I have make about 50,000. But I mean, that's still not a whole lot. If you think about it, really, I mean, it's not like a ton of money, $50,000. So it's not like you're living like lavish or anything. Right. Uh, by any means, but it's it's a it's a very interesting thing uh, when you think because uh, I'm I'm ideally I'd love to go see the Pirates this weekend. I don't know if it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing the Brewers. Uh, I'd like to go Saturday or Sunday, but I don't know for sure if that's going to happen. Um, if that doesn't make it, I'm actually probably going to go to our local minor league team, uh, the Black Bears, uh, and that'll probably be on Monday. Uh, next week. So, um, they, we have a local minor league team. It actually used to be the single way team of the, of uh, the pirates, but they don't have single a baseball teams anymore. Um, right. they just have double and triple. Yep. And single a is basically a rookie league now. Um, so it's, it's great. We still have them. Uh, cause I, I like going to the games. We have a really nice stadium. Um, W the W, uh, baseball team uses it as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, when we went to Boy Genius, I'm just telling this because it ties into the sports. Um, Denisha really wanted to get a picture uh, with the um, Roberto Clemente statue, which is uh, outside of the Pirates Stadium, PNC Park. And she's right. from Puerto Rico. So she's like a big Clemente fan just because, you know, Puerto Rico. Right. And uh yeah, so we we got a picture outside the statue, and then um, she had like a one of those like lanyard style keychain type things that go around your neck that's like longer. And hers broke, and uh, when we stopped off, I was trying to get like an energy drink before the concert or just some kind of caffeine in my body, and uh, we were going to Southern Tier uh, to see if they had one because I figured most bars would have it for like mixed drinks or something. And uh, there was a pirate store across and she's like oh we can just go there and maybe they have like a pirates one so she ended up getting a pirates like keychain and a uh pirates hat and now she's nice. like i'm gonna go to a baseball game and i'm like yes let's let's do that right like yeah I'll, i definitely love going to baseball games it's it's fun and relaxing and it'll be interesting to see the pitch clock live because right. again i've not been to a, 
a baseball game. Just watched it. And it's great for watching. So, yeah, that's that's actually one thing I have heard that, yes, watching on TV so much better. But at a game, it's so the person I was talking to said it's not as good live because it does speed up the game in a way that it's not as relaxing uh, to go to yeah. it. So and I could see that possibly being the case for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's wild because we would always just say we'd always like in passing mention baseball is like a running joke with us. So say, yeah, and baseball is currently happening. And I feel like that this year, uh just kind of how invested I've been with this Pirates team, I feel like that this is the most I've paid attention to baseball in a very long time. Like a like seven years, six years, something like right. that. It's been a while. Other than like playoffs, which I always pay attention to the playoffs for all the sports, regardless if I'm like an avid fan or not. So, right. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we have that. Um, speaking of uh, the North Shore, um, I felt like we should probably mention, we don't have to really dive into it very much because I don't know many of the details, but Bob Huggins is no longer the coach of West Virginia basketball. Oh, wow. Um, so, if you're not familiar with the situation, uh, about a month and a half, I want to say maybe two months ago, um, he was on a local Cincinnati radio station. And uh, for those of you who may not know, he used to be the men's basketball coach at Cincinnati. And so he got a DUI and he got fired um, and then had a year at Kansas State where he coached. And then um, he came to WU after that. So. Uh, he was doing a local radio show in Cincinnati, and uh, he not once but twice dropped uh, a derogatory uh, term for uh, a, a gay person. Uh, starts with an F. You can take it from there. I'm not going to say it, but uh, he dropped it twice on the radio station. And it's like, uh. one, it's like, it's kind of disheartening that he would even use it. And two, it's like 2023. What do you, why would you drop that twice on a live radio station? Like, what are you thinking? Oh, very disheartening. So he was already on thin ice. He had his contract uh, non-guaranteed after this season. So basically that means you can be fired for any reason. Like most contracts are guaranteed uh, X number of years, X number of dollars. And regardless if you, coach all those seasons or whatever you're paid that money in some fashion it may be like a payout structure where uh maybe you're making four million dollars a year but if you get fired maybe they give you one million per year for 20 years or something to, to equal all that money out but you will make all of your money so they non-guarantee his contract he i think took a million dollar salary hit um something like that and uh he got a dui last weekend uh, I went to check the Pirates score on Saturday and he got pulled over on the North Shore on Friday night, um, which was a uh, Taylor Swift. Con- he wasn't at it, but he was supposedly going to a basketball camp or coming from it. At least that's what was uttered in the article I read. Um, he was in Pittsburgh on the North Shore. Uh, he was drunk. Um, he blew a point two one, I believe, which is almost three times the legal limit it's in pa it's 0.08 so he was definitely double and a half <laughs> of the legal limit and um so when i saw that i was like okay he's probably gonna get fired because of what just happened and this 
He was in a university-owned vehicle when it happened. Um, he had, and again, this, just because I say this doesn't mean they're like full things, but he had two, it sounded like garbage bags full of like beer cans, but I'm not saying they are full. One was in the front, one was in the trunk. It could have been, you know, two cans in each, but supposedly there are bags with beer cans in them in the front and in the trunk of this SUV. Um, yeah, he failed a failed sobriety test. He failed a blood test. So uh, he resigned as basketball coach on I bet. Sunday. And what I've heard is uh, he offered to go to rehab for 60 days. The university said no. And they said, you have 30 minutes. You can either quit or you can, uh, we'll fire you. And so he resigned on Sunday. So uh, they did name an interim coach. Um, but yeah, I thought at least mention that since we're talking about North Shore and, you know, it's a sports and music podcast and I do watch WU basketball a lot. So it's been a wild week. <laughs> I, I didn't hear, I didn't know anything about that. That is nuts. I mean, just like, I mean, hopefully, hopefully this is what it takes for him to like clean up. I mean, people have, there, there's plenty of amazing people that struggle with uh, like substances and everything. So not trying to hold that necessarily against them, but obviously it's a repeat problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Shouldn't be a basketball coach uh, right now. And then also, yeah, you can't, not only do I think it's just completely wrong to, to uh, use terms like that, but to do it twice on the air as a, I mean, yeah, he not only should he not do it in the first place, but he should know better than to publicly say stuff like that in today's yeah. culture. It's just that's just absolutely ridiculous. Holy cow! Yeah, I didn't and know I about think that. Mm. The deal I think that's like a little bit crazier to me is um, there's just so many things now. Like, obviously I don't think he was staying in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it's not like Uber Lyft would have been like a major option to like, if you're going to Ohio or, or whatever, I don't know the whole story as far as like what, where he's trying to go. That's just kind of what he said when he got pulled over. Um, but he works for the university. Like if they probably would pay for him a driver, if he just wanted to like go along or, you know, he could pay for a driver. I'm sure that someone like if you paid, you could do background checks and just hire a driver to take you somewhere for the night. Like there are other options so where you don't have to, you know, drink and drive. So yeah. Yeah. It is sad. Wow. And yeah, again, it's not like, I just think it's, it's, it's disheartening in a way, especially because you had one previously in a grain. It was a long time ago. Um, like 17, 16 years ago, I think. I think I think it was like two thousand four or six somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a bummer. Um, and then I guess to continue our sports talk, there were uh, two very big trades this week. Um, yes. I would call them big trades. Um, Bradley Bill went to the Suns uh, in exchange for Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm just going to tie this into it. Got rerouted for Jordan Poole to Golden State. Um, I don't know if I like the trades for anyone other than Wash- uh, Washington because I think they're just trying to like be the worst team that they can be. Um, yeah, which is get tanking. That's tanking, right? It is, yeah. Um, 
I don't like $50 million for Bradley Beal or close to 60 towards the end of that contract. Um, I don't think he adds much to the Suns. Uh, he's a fine player, but for what they're paying him and what his role would be on the team, I think there's better ways to allocate that money. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to build a team with all these different um, rules that come into effect. Uh, like there's a, I, I didn't realize this until I was listening to mm-hmm. like the different podcasts and everything leading up to the draft. Like when you're over the second apron and this new uh, uh, collective parting agreement and you are over it, I think three out of four years or something, uh, your pick goes to the very end of the draft. It's like not even, it's worse than the champ. Right. Yeah. Like, so I don't know what happens like when you trade these picks, if they go like since it would go to like Washington or something, you know, I don't know if, well, if since you're saying to Washington, it goes to where it would normally be, but it's like these picks go to the, the end of the line. Like usually the last two picks of the draft are your teams that were in the finals. Right. And everything else goes by record. And then right. the top uh, 14 are lottery picks. Uh, top three, I think they pick four or five in the lottery and then everything else is just by record after that. So it's, I think it's four, but it's, it's wild to me that they're just rolling. And I don't, I don't have like a look as a team. Um, Chris Paul, I think he will be great off the bench. I mean, maybe, maybe he's gonna run that second offense and they're going to play a little differently. Right. Um, occasionally use him in there. I, I don't know how that's going to look because he doesn't play fast and the Warriors like to play fast. So yeah. maybe he's going to come in the second unit and slow it down. I don't, I don't like the trade. I get why they did it. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they'll make it work. I mean, Steve Kerr is a hell of a coach. So I definitely um, give him all the benefit of a doubt or whatever. Um, yeah. I will miss Jordan Poole. Um, I know he had an awful year last year. Um, I know you sent me the post about him unfollowing uh, Draymond after getting traded immediately. Yep. And that doesn't surprise me at all because no. I think if someone punched me in the face, I could see why there'd be animosity there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like I, yeah. would, I would probably feel the same way. So, yep. And I don't, I'm not saying it was like, Poole's fault or Draymond's fault. I mean, things get heated, especially in competition. Even when you're on a team together, that's not the first time it's happened. But I mean, he hit him hard. Mm-hmm. Any, if you haven't watched the video, you oh, can yeah. find the video online. Like he decks him. But it seemed from that point on that Jordan Poole just didn't have the team chemistry with the rest of the team. He out. He was outspoken at times of being unhappy about play and things like that, which seems to be kind of a no-no with the Warriors. This is just my theory that they kind of have almost like an unspoken rule that you don't complain. Um, I, I don't know if that's true, but it kind of seems that way. Uh, so I kind of expected Poole to be gone. I like Poole as a player. Uh, Again, he had a bad season. I think he's got a lot of uh, talent, and I think there's a good opportunity for him. Uh, but I don't know what he's going to do now. But I'm not surprised he left. I don't 
know how Chris, for the reasons you just said, he doesn't play as fast uh, as the Warriors normally play. And I don't know if he's going to, I would think at this point in his career, he would be willing to come off the bench. But I don't know that for sure because he's a very much a leader. He seems to be very much in a lot of ways a professional, but he's also very known to be headstrong. And in a lot of ways, that makes him as good as he is, as both a leader and just a talent. But will he be willing to be a second-string guy? And even then, most of their second-string in years past have been still running that faster. So I want Chris to get a ring. I would love to see Chris Paul get a ring before he retires. And I don't, I just don't know what, how much he really brings to the Warriors. Uh, Bradley Beal, I I think I kind of disagree with you. I think maybe he could do something. He definitely is a talent. Oh yeah. Uh, He's skilled for sure. Yeah. But he's got to figure out like how he fits in. Like, I guess, um, I guess Booker is going to become like the point guard now. Uh, I mean, KD's normally not necessarily a point. He can, but he's not necessarily a point guard. I mean, that was something that CP3 very much was for them. So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. What I also think is funny is that as of right now, they still have Aiton and they kind of want, it seemed like they wanted to get rid of DeAndre Aiton. Uh, but I also don't know how much they're going to get for him. Yeah. And maybe they just want to dump the contract at this point. But uh, yeah, to, to circle back to it, like if you can get, let's say CP3 and Kaminga working well together, I think I would like that potential. Yeah, like if he could catch some lobs and whatnot, I would I would like that. But again, it could be one of those things. I don't think they're going to buy him out, but it could be one of those things where they try to flip him before the trade deadline. Because if you remember, they had uh, uh, D'Lo for a while, and they flipped him for yep. Wiggins. So yeah, could be one of those situations. Time will tell. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel being the organization they are and the type of coach Kerr is, they would, I feel like they would only do that if it was, if it, if there was a conversation and it was something Mm -hmm. that CP3 was, I don't think they would just do it. I think it would be like something that he would be involved in the planning of. And it would be, if they did that, I think it would be to a team that he would like be. Yeah. I'll happily go there. I don't think they would just flip him. Uh, I just, I kind of feel like they probably have more respect for him than that. And I don't think that. And also, while I don't know if he brings much considering the lack of chemistry with pool, I don't think it necessarily hurts them him being on the team either. I just don't know. I just don't know what he's going to really do other than maybe be a vocal leader. Yeah. Same. And I think for the leader for that, for the most part, uh, I mean, obviously Curry, but I think mainly a lot of that is like Draymond to a degree on the, the Warriors. Um, the other trade 
is Porzingis to Boston, and then Marcus Smart going to Memphis. And there was Washington involved as well um, in that one, I believe. But yeah, uh, there was there was a three and it was a three team thing in some way. But those are yeah, the Tyus only... Jones went somewhere. Yes, but the two big is what you just mentioned. Porzingis is now a Celtic, and Marcus Smart has now gone to Memphis. Uh, yeah, what do you think of that? I definitely have thoughts. For, I'll start with Boston. I think it's good for Boston because they had too many guards last year. And it's not a team I watched a lot. It's just like, I'll watch the Celtics. I have nothing against them or anything, but I just don't watch a ton of them. But from people that watch them a lot, uh, there's a lot of people that do regular podcasts that are big Celtics fans. And um, they w- had too many guards. They had Brogdon. They had Smart, and they had uh, uh, White all battling for minutes. Uh, White was really outplaying Smart for most of the season last year. A lot of people thought Marcus might have like an injury or something, and maybe that was like holding him back. But uh, he seemed not as good as the previous year when he won Defensive Player of the Year. So I like it for them because they kind of eased up their guards because they still have Pritchard on the bench. Um, so they're fine on guards and they get more size, which I think they need because Rob Williams gets injured a lot. Yeah. Uh, Al Horford is old and yeah. he just can't play the minutes anymore. So if he can play at power forward or you can put, um, and this is, I mean, Porzingis at power forward or Porzingis at center, uh, he gives you something different. Um, so I like it. I don't know if he's going to sign an extension there. So I don't, I like it for this season for sure for them. I think it helps them out a lot, gives them some size and uh, flipping to Memphis. Um, Memphis needs an adult in the room. <laughs> I think we've both touched on that. And Marcus Smart is definitely a guy that's just a leader. I mean, he is, he's going to be that guy, the grown up in the room. It's like, guys, come on, let's get this together. Let's, let's act like adults. Let's act like we've been here before. Um, Supposedly Dylan Brooks isn't going to be there. Mark Smart addition, you know, kind of in that role uh, will be nice, I think, in Memphis. So uh, for what they gave up in Tyus Jones, I think it's good in that sense because they need, definitely need someone there. And Washington, again, they're just trying to tank, so it helps them do that. <laughs> so I like it for Washington in that sense. Um, so those are my thoughts, I guess, on the trade. All right. So I, I agree with some of what you said. I have major reservations about por- what Porzingis can actually do uh, because he's also had a very injury-prone career. And mm-hmm. now, granted, when he left the Mavericks, I haven't followed him and, and watched him as much. But he's a big guy that has since coming back from injuries, not really played as a big. I, I mean, he one of the problems with him at Mavs was he came back from injury and he was like shooting a lot of threes and he was kind of playing a lot of jump ball. He wasn't really dominating in the paint. He, he wasn't driving into the basket or getting a lot of rebounds. It's like 
He's a big man. He's seven foot something, like seven one or something. I don't know. He's tall. Uh, seven three. Seven three. Seven three. And he wasn't really mm-hmm. playing like a center. And so my concern is, is he going to continue that? Being on teams that he's supposed to be a dominant big man should be, granted with his size, and doesn't. Second, is he also going to be hurt a lot? Uh, so yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know how much he's really going to bring the Celtics. Also, um, my theory is that I really like Marcus Smart. As much as listeners know, I'm not a Celtics fan. I do like Marcus Smart. And I kind of feel like he, in a lot of ways, was the glue for the Celtics. I really feel like uh, he, he's, he's one of those guys that plays real tough. Even though he didn't have a great season, he plays with a lot of uh, passion. And I, where you have Brown and Tatum, kind of like, I don't know if they really were lobbying, but it seemed like everybody's always waiting for one of them to take the reins of the team. Uh, it seemed that like smart was kind of the one in the middle that kind of like held things together. So I feel like they've lost mm-hmm. a major leader and in turn got a question mark. If Porzingis plays the level that you would think he would at his size, uh, it, it could be very good for them, but he hasn't, he, that historically that's not what he's done. Whereas on the flip side, like you said, uh, Memphis needs an adult big time. And just as the way that he was kind of a leader in Boston, I think smart is the type of player that really could, uh, kind of like whip them into shape for lack of a better term, or just like really be that later to set them all on the right track. So I honestly think Memphis may have, uh, come out much better than Boston did. It really just depends. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really depends on what they get out of Porzingis. And also if Tatum or Brown really steps up, I think, I think we know and can expect Marcus smart to be a leader that really helps Memphis. I don't, I think we, there's a lot of questions as to what happens with Boston. Yeah, and I think it's one of those questions that, I mean, we'll find out next year. Uh, like, though not next year, but, you know, this coming season uh, when it starts. And and uh, it'll be interesting. I definitely am not sold on either move. Uh, that's like, I'm hoping mm-hmm. they don't give uh, Porzingis a contract extension yet. I would hope that they would kind of hold off to see how everything looks first before right. doing that. Um. And then speaking of like the upcoming season, uh, time to bring in some new blood. Time for the NBA yeah. draft, uh, which was Thursday. And really, there wasn't too much uh, as far as like major trades or anything. Um, there was some people that changed teams like that night, but it wasn't like on paper, it didn't seem like anything major. Um, there weren't a whole lot of surprises. No, not really. Um, I have been so excited 
And I'm complete. I, I mean, for a long time, for at least a year, I've been on uh, Wembenyama. Like I'm, I'm believe the hype. He's kind of like Luca. When Luca came in, I was like, "This is a guy you can't miss on." When, it, when I'm in terms of Luca and Wembenyama, I believe is going to be the same thing. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, leading the league in points or anything like that. But I think that he's going to be, he's going to come in and be fine. Like he's going to at least. I think rookie year, I'm talking like 17 and 10, easy. Three blocks a game, easy. You know, I don't know how many assists he's going to have. He's a good passer, but, you know, I definitely think 17, 10, easy averages, if not more, and three blocks a game. Uh, He's going to be rookie of the year. I think he's going to, I cannot wait to watch him in summer league. Um, Yeah, me too. Very excited. Uh, As far as the other player I'm most excited about out of the draft, for me personally, is Scoot Henderson. Uh, I know it's it was a big debate leading up Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Brandon Miller, I think, will be a fine player. I think he's going to be like one of those guys that is like your... I think it would be better this, but like almost like a Harrison Barnes, like a small forward that can help you make some shots, take over a game occasionally, but I and, and be a very good you know, be pretty good on defense, but not like I don't see him being like KD or anything like that. Like KD, this power, the small forward KD, I don't see him being that. I see him being more of like a complimentary player to a team, whereas I see Scoot being a leader of a team and working on his game a lot. So I would have personally right. taken Scoot too. Uh, I'm glad he went to Portland because I think that'll be fun. Um, especially if, I, I don't want them to trade Dame, but it just makes sense for that team to trade Dame and for them to start young with Shaden Sharp and Scoot. I, I so want Dame to end up in Miami. There's all the rumors. I would love for that to come true. We'll see. I'd like I do, to see him play with Jimmy. Yeah, I would love that. And his friends are Bam. Uh, he's already said if he was going to go somewhere, he would want it to be Miami. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I do. I think if I think if he stays, I I could see him being somebody that you know like believes in the idea of kind of like leading and helping someone come up. So I could see like him having a good relationship with Brandon Miller or, oh, sorry, Scoot. I, you know, I could see that. So we'll just see what happens. Um, I'm with you. I would, I also wonder is Scoot, you know, is Portland a good place for anyone? Like will Portland finally rebuild or are they going to spend several more seasons of not really doing anything? I mean, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but, um, I I would love I would love to see uh, a Dame move, especially if it's Miami. Uh, I, he's another player that deserves to go somewhere. They has a shot to win. Uh, he's just too good to not. Uh, as far as Wimbayama, I mean, he he's been saying that he's ended up at the best place, and I think that's true. I think that's genuine that he sees the history of the Spurs the kind of coach that Pop Popovich is. And they ha- not only do they have a history, even though they haven't been that great in recent years, they do have a, not only do they have a, a great history of uh, being a winning program, 
but they have a history of big men of like, I mean, David Robinson, Tim Duncan. So, I mean, like they have a history of working with great big men. Um, I do, I do think he's going to be fine. Like you said, and I think he's going to come on and I think he's going to be impactful soon. Uh, especially because like a Luca, uh, he's been playing professional, uh, for so long. just not in the NBA. I, the one thing I don't know how quick I think his defense will be fine, but I don't know how quick the blocks will be the same because just because I do kind of think uh, the players that he'll be defending may be a little bit quicker in some areas than what he's used to. So I don't, I think he definitely will end up starting to get blocks, but I wonder if it takes him a little bit longer to a to uh, get acclimated to the NBA like style and speed, you know, in a way. So we'll see what happens. Cause mo and I say that because for the most part, what we see coming out uh, from overseas, like Europe and all are these amazing offensive players, which he definitely is um, good defenders over there but um, not always as good of a defender when they get to the NBA level. So we'll see what happens. I, I think he has, a, he has an eight-foot wingspan. Oh, yeah. I, he'll get there. It's I just don't. Insane. Yeah, I just think it may take a little bit for him to, at least for the blocks and stuff. Like, I think he'll be a defensive, um, I think he'll be a defensive force from the get-go, but the level that he was and that people are looking for him to be I think may take a little bit I think that will carry over more than the offense that's why I think about maybe 17 points a game um everything that I've heard so far is because a lot of people are like well people are going to go and go at him and yeah people are going to go at him and they're going to get him like he's not gonna he might get posterized or something by a player but also at the same time, he's been working, uh, trying to become a professional NBA right. player since he's been 12. Right. Really good English and everything he's worked on. And he is going to come back even that, that wingspan's going to be ridiculous. I, I, here's the, here's my bet right now. Kind of how like we did with how we talked about Denver last year and said, they're going to be like one of the best teams in the West and how I called Jacksonville said they're going to probably win that division. The Spurs are going to be a seven or eight seed next year in the playoffs. They're going to, they're going to make it. And the reason why I was listening to, I've listened to Brian Windhorst multiple times and he spent multiple windy weeks with, with this guy. And he said that this team, the French team that he was on this year, wasn't built to contend and win a title. This French team was built so he could succeed in the NBA. They, they ran offenses similar to the NBA. They signed NBA players uh, that played guard and guards that would play exactly like in the NBA so he could get acclimated to it. And that team wasn't supposed to win a title, and they ended up going to the finals. The Spurs are going to... Uh, I mean, the Spurs, I would imagine if he plays like 70, 75 games and mm -hmm. doesn't get injured, of course. Right. The Spurs will be the seventh or eighth seed in the playoffs. That is my, uh, that's what I'm thinking this year, heading yeah. in. He's going to make that much of an impact 
on the team, and that's not even seeing free agency. I, uh, I, I know Bill Simmons has been pushing for this, and I actually re- really would like it if they went out and tried to get Austin Reeves because they could. They have a lot of cap space in San Antonio, and they have to use it in the new CBA. Like you have to use like ninety percent of it or something like that. And they, he said, they should go out and they should get Austin Reeves. They should go out and and I think that would be a great move because I think he would he would fit really well on that team, the type yeah. of point guard he is, and having Wembenyama, and they have a, a couple of players already in San Antonio that are nice, but uh, yeah, I, I I can't believe I'm really excited to watch the Spurs this year, but there'll be a, there'll be a league pass team that gets a lot of viewing from me, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I love, and I've talked about before, I think uh, Popovich, is, he definitely is one of, maybe when it's all said and done, he, he may go down as the best NBA coach. He's definitely one of. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I agree with you. I definitely think the Spurs will be in the finals. I do hope they get someone like that to come in. Uh, And I wouldn't be against them getting Reeves by any means. But on the other side of that, I think it would be a mistake for the Lakers to lose Austin Reeves with the kind of chemistry that he uh, has with that team, the way that um, not only did they improve after the trade deadline last season, but really the impact he had, he is showing that he could really be a big part of their future. And I think it would be a real mistake to let him go. Now, if he ended up at San Antonio, I would, I would, as a fan, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. And yeah, it's up to the Lakers basically to match because they can offer, I think, four years for ninety-eight million, but they also can match any offer. So it's like they they can get him. It would be kind of like the not exactly because I guess they like could match it because since he was a second-round player, but it, uh, kind of like Brunson, like they had the chance to bring him back. But if a team comes up with a crazy offer that they don't, they're kind of scared to match, afraid to match, or something like that, then I could see him leaving. Um, but it'll be interesting. Like uh, again, uh, summer league starts, I think, next week. Oh wow! I think, not this coming week, but like the first week of July. I think yeah. is when summer league starts. So, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I love watching summer league. Uh, it's on at weird, random times, like 1 p.m., kind of like the bubble season. So. Looking forward to that, but uh, let me take a look here. Did you have any other sports you want to mention? Because I don't remember anything. Um, the only other thing I really want to mention soccer. is soccer. Yes, I watched. Yeah, I watched uh, the U.S. men's national team uh, play in the Concacaf. If I'm pronouncing it right, it's the Nations League, and uh, so they played and. I think it was a Thursday night, if I remember correctly, of not this past week, but the week before. Yeah, because you had to sign up for that trial. Right. There's so many messages I woke up to about you being so mad at the the Mexican fans and everything. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) here's what happened. So they're playing Mexico. It's a big rivalry. Uh, And this was to the winner of this game. uh, The winner of this soccer match went to the finals, which would be against Canada. And so U.S. and Mexico, already a rivalry. U.S. came out and played 
the best I have seen them play in so long. It was wonderful. It was such a good game. Uh, Another weird thing that happened, I'm not going to go deep into it. Uh, I will later on, maybe, but not tonight. Uh, But during the match, it was announced that uh, Greg Berhalter, who was the coach for the men's national team last World Cup and all, and then had been let go over some just like, really it was drama more than anything. He has been, it was announced that he was coming back. He was going to be the coach again which was a little bit of a surprise for people, uh, but also a lot of people in soccer are like, well, he's the best option. So hopefully the drama will be put aside. And, uh, and so that happened at halftime, but the men's team just came out and really did awesome. Uh, it, they, they ended up winning, uh, I think it was 3 nil. And I'm trying to pull it up while I'm talking. I apologize. Uh, but the problem that happened, like, and you mentioned me being some at Mexican fans is, well, it got kind of chippy on the, on the pitch as there it's called in soccer. The field is the pitch. Uh, and there were some, and some people ended up getting red cards, uh, us to us players got red cards. And I believe it was two Mexican players got red cards. Uh, so they, the U.S. did not have those two players for the Canadian game uh, for the final. But also, the uh, the Mexican fans have a history of making homophobic slurs, like chants. And as the game started getting near the end, they started doing that to the point that the ref uh, stopped play for a little bit, and an announcement was made in the stadium that if these continue, uh, the ref l- will likely just end the game, just call it over. Well, the chants continued, and there was a lot of extra time. Which So after the 90 minutes, they add extra time for like any stoppage of play since the clock doesn't actually stop in soccer. Well, about halfway through the extra time, the ref just called the game because the uh, Mexican fans kept doing it. And they have a history of this. And it was very, very annoying. But regardless, the U.S. men's team looked awesome. Uh, I mean, when they came back from, the, from intermission, in less than a minute, Pulisic scored what I believe was the second goal. It was either the second or the third goal. Uh, So, I mean, it was incredible. It was so good. Well, then they played Canada, and they looked, now Canada looked better than Mexico, but ultimately they beat Canada as well. So they won the championship. Awesome. Very happy about that. Well, uh, the CONCACAF Gold Cup game just happened Last night against Jamaica, the U.S. did not look nowhere near as good at all. I don't know what happened. Uh, And they ended up uh, tying. It was a 1-1 draw, uh, which Jamaica took the lead early on. And it was very late in the game that the U.S. finally scored just to tie it up. They almost lost. So... 
I mean, they're lucky they were they weren't they weren't down more than just one point. So, anyways, I'm not sure what happened. I don't know why they went from such a good on um, two games to them playing Jamaica and looking so rough. Though I will say, Jamaica has in some incredible handlers some with the ball. They got speed, and they had some players that were breaking ankles, hips snapping necks out there just like the way they were moving around people dude like it was i i didn't enjoy necessarily watching it because they were jamaican team and not the american so it wasn't the team i was going for but they they got some really good players and they were like lit that whole idea of like dribbling circles because you call it dribbling with in soccer as well dribbling circles around around the opponent they literally there was a guy or two that did that so that was pretty crazy to watch. So two very exciting games. Nice to win the one, but then they they barely got out with the draw against Jamaica. So we'll see. But overall, I'm happy that they three games that they didn't lose at least. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, I had to watch the the Mexican and the Canadian game on paramount plus so i signed up for a free trial and then i canceled it uh before the trial was up so i didn't have to pay for it uh because it the the uh the games weren't on regular t like tv unless or on like cable unless you had uh unless you were willing to watch it in spanish i didn't want to do that <laughs> so yeah <laughs> We'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, you got the World Cup coming up in four years. Uh, Greg Ber- Berhalter being back. So there's a lot of things, that, but there's a lot of promise for this team. So we have a very good goalkeeper. So we'll see what happens. But Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, that's all I have for sports. Um, Same. Let's switch to. I know you wanted to discuss, and if you're still down for that as well, because I have literally nothing um, new. I don't think came out this week for me at all. Uh, I'm checking just to make sure that that's accurate. And it's really over uh, I know one two thing, weeks. You don't have anything from the week before either. Uh, no, nothing that really stood out. I mean, I know I still need to listen to Killer Mike. I have that one down on my it's list here to still listen to. Yeah. Uh, um, Killer Mike hip hop album. Uh, Killer Mike is half of Run the Jewels. And uh, the album is titled Michael. And it's really good. It's really good. I've been listening to it a lot. Yeah, I have. I'm looking here. I know the new Portugal Man came album came out, but uh, I listened to it on Friday, and there's nothing that really stood out to me. I think tomorrow's a big podcast day, so I don't think I'll get a chance to listen to the Killer Mike one in the morning. Like normally, I'll try to work through the first part of my shift, like the first hour or two, with AirPods in. But uh, that'll probably be pretty tough tomorrow. So, uh, not a whole lot of new releases. Um, just boy genius on my side, and then I know you mentioned something about uh, 
doing a um, best of so far since we are about a full six months uh, into the year of what any albums that caught. And really, if we if we really go by like how I stopped rating in December, I mean we're a good like seven months. So I kind of like what what kind of stuff is maybe going to make our year end list, or what kind of albums right. are standing out to us? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have. I don't have much, but yes, there was the Killer Mike, uh, the album Michael. It's a really, really good hip hop album. People should check it out. Uh, there's a EP that came out by this uh, singer songwriter named uh, Vagabonds that I really, really like. I've I think I've mentioned him before on the podcast. Uh, he's someone that I I booked years ago on a tour in town. He was like the opening act of the tour uh, with like some hardcore and post-hardcore bands. And here he was just acoustic, but really, really good. So he's put out a new EP called Quiet Truth. It is four songs. Uh, for the most part, it's, uh, oh, I mean, it's very singer-songwriter, a bit emo. And there's definitely he's got some more aggressive tracks. It's not all just acoustic, but I would definitely say people should check that out again. It's Vagabonds. And cause there's also an artist I believe called Vagabond. So make sure you get the S on the end, but uh, yeah, the quiet truth EP by Vagabonds uh, worth a listen. And uh, then I got two albums and that's it for me. There was uh, mm-hmm. there's a, a group that just put out their debut album called their, their telephone friends. And the, that's the name of the album as well. Uh, so there's a guy that you're familiar with as well named Tyson Motzenbacher, really good singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. We met, we became familiar with him because uh, I think he was on tooth and nail. Maybe not, but I think so, but he was, he like, is. I yeah. think he still is, isn't he? Or I think so. Or at least his last release, I believe, still was. So he's put out some really good stuff. And then he and these other guys um, got together and started this band called Telephone Friends. It's really good, just like power pop. Just like really good pop rock. Kind of has that a little bit of that, I guess if it's a term, classic power pop sound. Uh, He definitely stands out. He's the only member of the band that I know. Uh, but I do think it's worth a listen. It's uh, 12 tracks. It's uh, 37 minutes. And it's uh, if you're familiar with Tyson, you know that some of his stuff is kind of funny. He definitely throws a little bit of humor in. And that's definitely here on this album, too. Like, there's a song called BMW Dad. And it's saying, I don't want to be a BMW Dad. And it's kind of making fun of um, of, like adults that try real hard to keep up with the Joneses in a way. Uh, there's also one uh, called CDC Girlfriend. And it's, it's definitely a song about in the pandemic, starting a relationship with someone that you talk to. <laughs> like, uh, so, like online or over the phone. So it's definitely a, it's a good album. I don't listen to a whole lot of power pop, uh, but it's really good great production um and then lastly the uh the great john prine 
who passed away, uh, I think it was two years ago now, uh, his son has put out a debut album. Uh, it's called, his name is Tommy Prine. The album is This Far South. It came out this past Friday, and my buddy Caleb mentioned it to me, and I've been listening to it. There's de- I don't know if he's ever been a Pedro the Lion or David Bazan fan, but let me tell you, uh, especially his vocals, very reminiscent of David Bazan on some of the tracks, also some of the content even. Uh, but it's really good. There's you can you can tell that he is the son of like a folk Americana artist, but there's also a bit of indie. There's definitely some indie rock feel to it. I mean, like some of the songs even kind of sound a little like a David Bazan, where it's like that indie touching on emo, um, just kind of warm sounds. So it's a really good mm-hmm. album. Really caught me by surprise. I can't believe um, that this that this is his first album, even though obviously coming from his dad, he definitely has pedigree. Uh, you know, listening to this, you would think he's been doing it a little while longer. So I think people should check that out too. I think, I think you should check it out. I think you could like it uh, as well. Okay. You sent me uh, the message about it. I don't know if it was yesterday or Friday, but one of the two days you did. Um, yeah, I need to get on that just to check it out to see what it's like. Uh, I should listen to this in the Tyson Motzenberger. Jeez, Becker. Thank you, Matza Becker. Yeah, it's a hard thing to say. It's so hard to say because I feel like it could go multiple ways. Because he has some uh, cool vinyl in the Tooth and Nail store from memory. Like he has uh, the flexi discs. He had a couple of those on there. There were postcards. Uh, There were also flexi discs, and I thought that was kind of neat. Two different ones back in the day, which the products you stole in the store, but. yeah, um, I wouldn't mind checking the, all the, that out. And of course, the Killer Mike as well, which I know you said you really enjoyed because uh, I know you've been actively trying to listen to hip hop this year. And uh, yep. yeah, I know that th- that one would be a very good one. I know uh, his last one, it's funny because um, I knew about Killer Mike from being in like a couple Outcast tracks back in the day, but also... Uh, I knew of rap music when it was released and he actually uh, played um, Oshiaga when I went there. Uh, but I did, I wasn't really super interested. And I, I remember that I'm being ranked really high and I just never really li- listened to it much back in the day, to be honest. And then uh, as I listened to more on the jewels the last couple of years, um, I went back and listened to rap music and it's so good. Like I bought it last year on vinyl. Um, it's like this like lime green colored vinyl. That sounds so good. Uh, and I think it actually comes with instrumentals too, which is really cool. Like that would make one, sense. Uh, yeah, like one LP is like the, the music and then uh, the other one, like you get to saw the instrumentals. But uh, I do like Killer Mike a lot and I have a feeling I will uh, really enjoy his album when I actually get a chance to listen to it. Uh, it's very tough uh, specifically for hip hop um, sometimes to just put it on and really get a, a feel for it. I don't like to listen to any music like that the first time, unless it's like really loud uh, at work is how, is how I listen to a lot of music. So um, it's very tough sometimes when you're really trying to listen to it, but you're also trying to like do your job. And I have uh, 
people that are kind as you do yes. as well that are constantly like in my office where I can't always just like focus on the music as much. Where if I was just doing like a, a job where I was sitting there, uh, kind of in my, my own little world and not having any outside interruptions where I could focus on a lot more. So, um, can't wait to check that one out. Um, again, yeah, yeah I, this is like two weeks of nothing for me. Uh, but again, there's, it's fine. Like I know there's low periods and whatnot. Um, music releases and i anticipated liking uh portugal the man more than i i did the first listen through but that's another record i need to put on again uh, I, I did listen to all of it on friday but uh um do you let's i should probably do the boy genius thing first before we talk about like any records this year or albums yeah this year. yeah i would say because i really want to hear about the boy genius i'm very excited to hear about that and I don't know that I'm fully prepared yet to do that. I know some that are definitely up oh, okay. there, but I don't know how we can always I am. we can always put the pin on until next week too. If you want to do that instead, um, we can have yeah. more of like a music centered episode because there's really not much outside of like anything really baseball or a crazy NBA trade this week that would probably need to be discussed in the coming week, sports wise. So we yeah. can let's put a and we can um I know you mentioned also an episode of like how we do the uh, playlist and I think that sounds awesome. The heaters uh, I actually and all. looked yeah, I looked through a couple tracks to see what I would put on it. So uh we could always do like a like a smaller main episode and then we can do uh we can hop over to the other app and do like a heater episode because we haven't done one of those since I think the end of the last year. So it'd be kind of cool to do one of those since we're like six months into this year so far. Yeah. I like that idea. Let's put a pin in the, uh, the like, uh, halfway mark or like albums so far and, and do, uh, and plan on doing a heater for, for listeners that, uh, maybe you forgot, or maybe you're new heater episodes are only on Spotify and it's where, mm-hmm. We do we do playlists where we talk about like albums or we talk about songs that we're really into, and then we get to actually play the songs in between talking about them. So that's what we're talking about when we say the heater. So yeah, I like that plan. Um, some inside baseball for you listening as we're planning it out. But yeah, let's do that. But I am very interested and still jealous. Uh, but very interested in hearing about the Boy Genius concert. I've been watching videos of the tour, and it all just seems amazing. Uh, I I guess I'll just start at the beginning. So um, I feel like I'm okay talking about this on this episode because uh, I know we, we, I mean, we have listeners and, and I know people that I know in life would probably listen to it or whatever, but I feel like fine talking about it here. Uh, I didn't mention a whole lot to other people, but uh, so I had made a Facebook status around when the time tickets were going on sale saying like, hey, just a heads up, my birthday is super close to this concert if anyone needs to know what to get me for my birthday. And uh one of the doctors I work with uh, made a comment and she's like, well, which concert would you go to? And I said, well, the Pittsburgh date. And just as a joke, I put the ticket link to it. Like, you know, like I'm just being cheeky. I, you know, I'm not expecting anything, but uh, you know, I just be being cheeky. 
well, the tickets went on sale um, at the end of that week or a couple of days later. And uh, it was the next weekend. She sends me a text. I was like, hey, did you ever get those concert tickets? I said, no. Um, I am kind of, I was kind of like, so I've, I have i do not know if we're like, we're not really like dating or anything, but I, I was kind of seeing this girl or I've been kind of seeing this girl. And so her birthday was coming up. And so I didn't really want to spend money on probably 70, $80 concert tickets, probably at least 70 face value each. Well, by the time you have your fees and everything on, uh, and I'm going to do something special for her birthday. She is from Puerto Rico. So it's not like she has a lot of friends or family here. So I just want to do something special for her weekend. So yeah, I didn't want to buy a concert tickets. I'm going to save my money for that. So, um, she said, well, I was going to buy them for you, but, uh, but I didn't, if you had already purchased them, and I said, well, I can see if they're still available. I didn't know because I had not looked. And of course they're sold out. Like, I'm not surprised. I went to see Phoebe. Um, I think in 21, uh, it was in the fall and it was sold out, same venue. So, you know, having Julian and, and Lucy and also Boy Genius not being like a uh, constantly touring band, it makes sense it would sell out. And so I looked at secondary markets after that and I said, well, they have some uh, on like a secondary market for access, which is the vendor selling the tickets. And they're pricey, but they have them. And she was like, okay, go ahead and buy them. I was like, well, they're like a hundred and I think it was about like 190 some dollars for two tickets. Ooh, wait. And, oh, oh, wait, hold up. So I knew, yeah. I, I knew some of this story already and you've even mentioned it, I think on the podcast, I didn't know that you bought them like that. She had you buy them. I just thought she got them for you. No, no, because uh, she thought that I might have purchased them already. And right. she just basically she wanted to do uh, I, I do. I authorize uh, she orders like these certain kind of tests and I authorize them for her. She's the main person that reads them. And I am her go to person for authorizations. And I'm I am. Not, I'm really good at my job. Like I am. I'm just good at my job. I'm not I'm, a little bit of a humble brag. Uh, I take my job, you know, seriously for the most part. And I just, you know. I believe in doing a good job at work. And so she just wanted to do something nice for me, always helping her out. And uh, so I bought them. She's like, no, go buy that. I said, well, they're $190 on whatever the chain, you know, the exact total was, what it would be. And she's like, yeah, go ahead and buy them. I was like, okay. So I bought them and she literally cashed me the money. Like as soon as I, you know, right, right then and there. And so that's um, awesome. That's awesome. Incredible. Just I mean, obviously she has like the money to do it. I know she went to go see Taylor Swift when she was in Pittsburgh, but uh, yeah, it was, it just was surprising and it still, it wasn't lost on me how generous it, it was for someone to do that. You know, that it's not like we have an interaction outside of work or anything. Cause you know, I have friends that I do work with uh, or that have become friends because of work. Um, but you know, anyway, that was super nice. Uh, wasn't I expecting it? And I just kind of kept on the DL. Like, I haven't really said much at work or anything. For one, I don't want him to get, you know, jealous because I feel like that could pop up. And two, I don't want her to, like, I don't want anyone to get in trouble. <laughs> so that's what I was like, mm, thinking about. But I, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone would, but I just, you know, just try to avoid everything. But uh, anyway, I asked Tanisha if you wanted to go and she was down to go. So um, 
I was dreading it a couple of days heading into it because it was supposed to possibly rain that day. And it's fine. I mean, I can tolerate it if it's an outdoor concert. I mean, it's an outdoor concert if it rains, but I really just don't, I wouldn't prefer that. And so, um, <laughs> it, it just was like a little, it was just honestly one of the, like the most perfect days. Uh, it was just so much fun from start to finish. So I made us coffee, uh, on the way up. And, uh, we, uh, if you've listened to this or if, I, if you've hung out with me at BC con or anything else, I'm a big karaoke fan. Uh, even in real life, I guess if you know me, you know, I love karaoke. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Yes, um, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. I have fun with it. And, uh, it's one of those things that like, I am not, I can get up in front of people. It's not like one of my favorite things to do. Um, karaoke, it's best if I have at least one drink in my body, at least one beer because to, to really handle it. But, um, uh, <laughs> I was, uh, we were talking about karaoke and I was like, yeah, you know, normally I pick, she's telling me about this story, um, where she did karaoke, I guess, like at a Christmas party and she's not a, she's, yeah, I'm not like a great singer. I like, and I mean, I'm not like, she's not, <laughs> you know? But uh, I was like, yeah, and like sometimes doing karaoke, like I'll just do a rap song. I said, I'm not bad. Like I'm actually pretty decent. And I just do rap because you don't have to worry about like staying on pitch and everything, especially if you have like a drink or two, you know, in your body, you're, you're, you don't have to worry about it. And so she, we basically battle rapped in the car on the way up <laughs> for a couple songs. So that was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> that, yeah. That's awesome. It, it started off as like, like she's like, do you know the uh, the way you lie? And I was like, I know this. Yeah, I know the song, but I didn't know she was me. Like, do you know it enough to to do it? And I'm like, I didn't know that. So she she's like, she it starts up and she's like getting really into it. And she's like, I thought you knew it. I was like, oh no, I don't know it. I know of it. I don't know it. <laughs> I don't know it like that. And she's like, oh, well, you what song do you want to do? And I did Gambino because Childish Gambino is like my jam. Um, I did bonfire because i knew that one like she's like oh, do you need to like look at lyrics i was like oh no i got this uh so i did bonfire and then she responded with um uh airplanes by bob and Haley williams and then i uh did black skinhead by kanye west because that's another go-to of mine that are just like can crush those and then i had one in the chamber uh <laughs> talking about rap i would have done uh asap rocky uh praise the lord next would have been my my third song if we if we did a third rap song so um but yeah we battled rap in the car and we went to get food first because she was hungry and i off i said hey would you be down for like this like fine dining place for lunch because i've been really it it's actually where i took scott for his um bachelor party and i've really been wanting a steak and i know that their steaks are awesome a little pricey but it's like a nice little thing you know we're gonna see boy genius you have a nice little dinner you know in this case i guess late lunch because it's like three four o'clock so uh we go to uh eddie merlo's in pittsburgh and uh it was funny because like apparently it was it was so late <laughs> like we were like the only ones there in the entire restaurant and food was awesome um I got like uh, a lemon drop Parisian, which was really good. And then uh, food wise, steak came with like garlic mashed potatoes, some green beans. 
the waitress is super great. Gave us she uh, comped us uh, creme brulee, which is like one of my all time favorite desserts. Yeah, gotta love that. And uh, we nice. had calamari. Ooh, oh, it was yeah. yeah. See, I'm not a. I only had calamari one other time, and I just wasn't impressed by it. It was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate. It. I was kind of like pretty middle ground about it. Um, when we got there, I had to, I had to use the restroom real quick because, like, you know, long ride, drank a coffee, and so I came back. She was like, "Do you like calamari?" And I was like, mm, "It's okay." She's like, "Oh no!" And I was like, "That's nah, fine. Like, it'll be cool. I'll try it. Like, I've had it, and I, you know, explain it. You know, I'm just, yeah, it's okay." Theirs was fantastic it reminded me a lot of um scallops in a way like the texture yeah perfect so the other yeah. time i had them they just must have been like rubbery as hell because they, they weren't common yeah that's a common thing with calamari if it's not done really well it can be really rubbery but if it's i've had good calamari in my opinion and I, mm-hmm. yeah yeah good good choice they had Oh, they had three different sauces too. They had like a lemon vinaigrette, but it was like a little bit thicker than a regular vinaigrette. Um, they had a whitish looking sauce that almost had a little bit of a horseradish taste to it. And the third sauce was almost like a, we'll call it like maybe like a chipotle mayo of some kind. Um, but all great in their own rights and everything. Everything was just fantastic at this meal. I was so miserably full. And I, I left like two bites of steak because I could not finish my meal. Everything else was done. Like I ate the dessert. Well, we, we split it, but then I like, whatever she didn't want, like I ate. Like, <laughs> but I left there so full. It was great. And then I had to go to, uh, we had, of course, still some time to kill and everything. And so we had to go to my favorite spot, which if you follow my personal Instagram page, I posted um, Attic Records in Pittsburgh. It's, a record store I've talked about a lot. And I know you comment on said, wow, this place is uh, like mad or something like that. Or like they have just like, this is massive. It's unreal. And- it's unreal from your pictures. I did share that post on our story. So it'll be gone um, sometime. To, um, but if, so by the time people listen to this, it'll probably already be off our story. But if you got to catch it, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. It, just shelves upon shelves of records dude it's i would get lost in there just from like that's the way i feel looking at your pictures of the place and and what's what's wild about it there's two pictures so i was in like the we'll call it like the the rock kind of side and that's like a big broad category that's going to cover like lana del rey the national Queens of the Stone Age, Weezer, Beatles, that's going to cover all that blanket umbrella, basically all those bands. And uh, it's like these tall bookshelves that are, I don't know, five, six rows high and just like ridiculous. And that's just all the one section Uh, on the other opposite wall towards the end. They have like the soul section and then they have the country section. They have the hip hop. Uh, I'm sorry. they They have these, um, like staff picks kind of section. And then that's only one part of the record store. If you go to the other side, then they have all the 45s. They have the hip hop. They have the, the soundtracks. They have the just in bends. They have some, well, they used to carry like the record store releases up there. They have the ones that are newly traded in 
uh, bins in that, and of course where you check out and everything. And then the back part of the store, um, they have all these CDs and like different box sets. And then even further back where you can like go dip out to the bathroom, they have all these like just massive records. that are just like some of them are not even categorized yet. Like kind of like if you can find it, there's a massive use section. So, I mean, they were talking like, Thou- 500,000 records seems like an underestimate for how much they have because I, I know like how much I have in probably like the 900 kind of range and how much space that takes up and this is just drastically over that so I mean we're talking like maybe half a million records at this place and that's maybe underselling it a little bit that's just how many how much stuff they have there but the point is it's like when my favorite spots um so i didn't pick up a whole lot this week uh they had scorpion uh drake's album scorpion they had it for a used copy there for like 30 bucks which normally goes for about 42 on um other sites so i ended up picking that up so that's a pretty good price used and there's a, there's some tracks that are really good i don't love the album as a whole but there's a lot, lot of good tracks on that record which and for that price is totally fine. That, that's that's not bad at all. It's like a double album anyway, so it kind of evens out. So like if you like half the tracks, you basically like a whole album, and you're paying like thirty bucks for an album. So that's not bad. So um, I picked that up, and I don't know if you, I don't know if I told about my blunder or not, but um, I really wanted uh, "Sound of Silence" uh, by Simon Garfunkel on vinyl. So on records today, I picked up a seven inch. But when I played, I didn't listen to it, obviously. But when I got home and played it, it's the electric version, which is fine. But it's not what I wanted. I wanted the acoustic version, which is on Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. And uh, they had a, a single, and it said it's like from the album. And I wouldn't listen to it. It was like, damn electric one again. So I was like, nope. So then I went to go look for the record. And they had a used copy of uh, Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. from the U.K., and it was like 10 bucks. So um, actually it was $12, but the guy gave me a discount. They're really nice up there and there's no tax. They just like throw it on the price like already. So like when I check out, like he's like, yeah, just give me a call 40 even. I was like, oh, sick. That's awesome. So I ended up getting those, uh, which was nice. And then um, we went to the North Shore. That's when we were going to go. I was going to get like an energy drink, but Southern Tier didn't have any. But I did get to try a couple beers, like little taster sizes. What is the North Shore? Is that like the area in Pittsburgh? Yeah. So the North Shore is the the way you could associate ma- most are the two stadiums. So you have the baseball and you have the football stadium right there. And in between those two stadiums, you have Stage AE, which is a multi-purpose venue. Like I don't say multi-purpose, but it's a multi-show venue. You have an outside area that holds about 5,000 people. You have an indoor concert area, which if you open up the top and everything, I think holds 2,700. And you can have simultaneous concerts. You can have an inside and outside concert going. There's a ton of parking garages. Uh, there was a Pirates game going on, on that day. Uh, they were playing the Cubs. And there was like uh, Federal Street, which has like a lot of bars. Not a ton. There are like bars, restaurants, but a lot of different bars. There's Mike's Beer Bar, which is on Federal Street. And it's awesome. They have like 200 craft beers something like that yeah it's and you can take them home and 
if you if you buy to go, even if you just go in there and buy beers to to roll with, they give you like a ten percent discount. It's it's insane on every beer. It's it's awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, so that place is cool. Uh, but anyway, we went, we went to Southern Tier because uh, she's like, I'll just get a beer while you get your energy drink. Why go there? They don't have an energy drink. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just get a taster. And if I want to, I guess maybe maybe the concert menu has it. Um, go to uh, Boy Genius after that. And well, actually, we stopped at the Pirate Store, but then I uh, went to Boy Genius after that and the, and the statue, I guess. But after that, <laughs> Boy Genius time. So we go, um, and I, I, I wanted to just do, to be nice to her for the Clemente statue. Cause I really honestly didn't care about the opening band that much. Like if it was like, um, Claro, which was opening some of the dates, I would have wanted to be there for it, but it was like some person named Claude never listened to Claude. Didn't really care if I got there. Like I'd rather just make good memories and, and have a good time on the strip versus like, Oh man, I got to get to Claude, you know, to hear what, what he sounds like. But, uh, yeah, I went to the Clemente statue instead. So I think by the time we got in the concert venue through like security and everything, I think we made it to like a song and a half, maybe two songs of Claude. Um, it was packed. Um, same venue I saw Phoebe, but uh, it's supposed to hold 5K and it was just ridiculously packed. And uh, it seemed more so than Phoebe because I was in the back being very like antisocial because I was there like with two friends, well, with one friend and her boyfriend, but like, they were up front and I was not. And I still had room to be by myself and just like vibe out to Phoebe. Um, whereas this was like, we had to kind of scrunch in on the grass just off the sidewalk. It was packed. So, um, didn't need to get any merch because I already have a boy genius shirt. I already have the record on vinyl. Literally it's called the record. So it kind of works out. Um, or no, the, yeah, yeah, it is called the record. So I, I was like, man, it's called the album. Uh, but anyway, um, it's the record. They come out, <laughs> they come out and it was awesome. Uh, one of my favorite things is they had this really cool video screen and it is, um, uh, both Instagrams, I believe. And, um, they just did different things with it the entire night. Uh, one of my favorite ones was when they closed out before they came back out for the encore. Uh, they played, um, strong enough and it was like all of them but at different angles from the different cameras and it was like a big tv wall of like i don't know 50 screens give or take and it was just really cool i liked that one a lot and they had other times where it'd make up like someone's face they'd have like three or four screens on someone's face and then it'd have a much larger on another screen um like maybe on four screens they have Lucy, but then on like 19 screens they have <laughs> Julian Baker making up one image. It's really cool. Uh, I really liked it a lot. Um, just the the production itself was really neat. Uh, it was going in tonight uh, when the show started around, I think it started just before nine o'clock, uh, five to nine or so, and still was daylight out. And uh, they had like this... Um, kind of like Edison bulb kind of thing. Uh, it worked well with the time of day and it's got night. They had different light settings and everything, but uh, I knew they were going to play everything. So they were going to play the EP, the album, and they're each going to do one song from their own discography. Uh, just, I was just kind of curious. So I did look it up and that's what they've done for every show. Uh, it was awesome. Um, 
I've seen Julian twice, Phoebe three times, and this was my first time seeing Lucy. And I was very curious to see how she would sound live or hear how she would just sing live and everything. And she was phenomenal. She actually probably was my favorite of the night. Um, her vocals were so nice and clean. She sounded, her, she projected her voice very well and definitely didn't need to turn up anything at all. Yeah, that was the, you didn't, you didn't tell me much about the concert, but that was one thing you did mention. You te- you messaged me after the show was over, and you and specifically you said that she sounded so good. Yeah, I mean, she. Because some people they just sound better recorded. Because there's more stuff you can do. I mean, they don't sound bad live necessarily, but so, there are some artists that sound they can replicate it so well live. It's like you're listening to the record, and for her. Her voice wasn't too low. It, everything was perfect sound wise, and she just sounded flawless. And she messed up a couple of times. There was, there was one. It was very funny. Uh, there was a one song. Um, I, I can't remember if it was Leonard Cohen or the Revolution Zero, but there was one song where something she like the lyric is something about not forgetting, and she literally forgot the words on that part, and she's like. Because you could hear her say, oh, live or something. And then after the song was done, she's like, I literally forgot the lyrics to the song about something about the part about not forgetting. That's the part I forgot. (laughs) And it was just funny. Um, You could tell that, I mean, you could tell already. I mean, I feel like I can from just the posts and things I've seen and just the things that I've read that they're great friends, like really close, really great friends. Yeah, it's clear just in the stuff that I've watched, like online. They, I mean, they've always said that they were. They talk about each other, uh, even when they're not doing Boy Genius. So it that was one of the things that I kind of expected uh, that you would get the experience, and that I was interested in was that just like their camaraderie, because you see it in this little clips that you see online you see how much they enjoy being on stage together. It definitely was evident. Like if like, okay, so Denisha probably the the first time or one of the few times without me being like present in like a car or in control of music of some kind, uh, probably one of the first times she had listened to boy genius. And I mean, they just like, you could just tell that they're like, really great friends like you could just tell they seemed happy like on stage with each other so i mean you can tell that they just get along so well and that's one of my favorite things about this project is because they're such great friends and they write such great music together it's like it's unbelievable like i think they're three of the most talented songwriters i mean i would say honestly of all time uh, I mean, I think about what they've done, like historian. I, I just bought the anniversary vinyl because I love the alternate artwork, to be honest. Like, it's one of my favorites. I just think it's so cool. And I love that record. Um, when that record came out from an engineering standpoint, I think it sounds so good. Uh, just the, the, the use of quiet on the record. 
And uh, I think his story is just phenomenal. And you, you were probably one of the first people to point out, and I, I'm surprised I didn't re- like notice it, but she is such a great storyteller in her lyrics. Yeah. she Lucy is, they all three tell stories to some degree, but Lucy is definitely the storyteller. And she's like an observer. I feel like I, I read that like an article, like she just kind of pays attention and she notices things. She observes things. And like, you can tell in her lyrics that she just watches things and takes them in. And, and she's such a great lyricist. And then Punisher is, again, it's an album that like when I do my decade list, that's going to be probably top 10 at some point. Like I would be shocked if it gets bumped from the top 10 because that record is just almost perfect. And Julian Baker, like she just makes music, especially the first two records that just are a punch in the gut emotionally in such a good way, but uh, just excellent songwriters and them writing together. uh, is just, it's just wonderful. Honestly, it's just, they can do it solo. They can do it as a group. They're just such great songwriters. And, And honestly, the show itself was awesome. Uh, Julian's such a great guitar player. Uh, it's just so fun to see her just like rock out on stage. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like I had such a good time. Um, the most emotional moment I knew would probably happen during uh, my favorite song from them is Souvenir. And uh, I did want to capture that one on video a little bit and just kind of getting into it. And what I've, what I've, allow myself a lot to do uh we'll say at least the last couple of years for sure is to really get into the art so usually it's a movie or tv show or or music and i just allow myself to feel or to experience what i'm listening to from different aspects whether it be what i'm actually experiencing or what the person is going through, whether it be through a song or through the movie, but to really put myself in that situation or to really hear what they're saying. And it's just, it moves me emotionally sometimes to like almost tears or does do that. And that's one of those songs that I just, I love that song and seeing it, hearing it live and how they each have their vocal presence on it and make their mark. Like, when I was first just listening to it and hearing Julian sing that first verse, I knew if I didn't start filming, I was just going to like ball my eyes out of this entire song because I, I love that song so much. And you can tell how much like feeling there is in that song. And so I just immediately started filming, filming as soon as it got to the second verse or just before it got to the second verse. And, uh, yeah, it, it at least distracted me a little bit to where I wasn't so in the moment there to where I was going to be like pulled into it. But it, it was it was awesome. Like, honestly, I had such a good time. Um, some of the songs that haven't grabbed me from the record, they record wise or stood out to me. There are certain parts of the song that when I'm there and I'm just honestly, I'm just listening to it. And like, I really I don't mind filming. I don't mind taking pictures. I try to be quick with it. But when I go to a concert, my favorite thing is to just experience that. I want to carry that memory with me versus like, yeah, I was there and I filmed on my phone, but then like I go back and watch it. Like I don't mind doing that for like a song or two to go back and and like, oh yeah, yeah, that was really good. But I want to feel that. I want to see that. I want to know 
Lucy fucked up those lyrics or Julian did this or said this and it made everyone laugh. Like I want to have that memory with me, not just like, Oh, I watched through my phone and, and kind of felt like I was watching it on TV or something in a way I'm there experiencing it. And that's kind of what I want. Cause that's, that's how, what I like about concerts or music or anything like that. I just want to, when I'm going to, I'm going to, when I go to Blint, when I, think about Blake in five years I'm gonna think about holy cow that whole time like just those emotions when I went to this class I'm gonna think about when um Phoebe sat down and she's like listen can everyone just put their phones away for a minute I just want to like sing and stare at people in the I just want to sing uncomfortable lyrics and stare at people in the eyes while I do <laughs> and it's like I'm gonna carry that, that with me and so that's like really cool that's like one of my favorite things about a concert and so for this, like some of those songs that maybe haven't jumped off the page, so to speak, when I would listen to the record really did live, or maybe the lyrics hit me in a way that they had not otherwise, but it was awesome. Honestly, I had such a good time. Um, and I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. Uh, I know I've mentioned a couple of people that I've been kind of in a concert rut if that makes sense where i still like going to concerts but it's not the same way as when i was like 18 and 19 when i first started going to concerts you have the excitement and you have the energy and you're in this crowd and you're moving and you're jumping and you have all of that and i and i'm i like to go and for a long time i've liked to go and just watch like not get in a pit just to watch and it's fine but nothing, I felt like kind of going through the motions for most of the shows that I've went to. And not that I've enjoyed it or something like that. I have, but it's, I felt kind of like in a rut. Um, but I will say the last two that I've attended, The Blink and now Boy Genius, I felt so emotional at those shows and felt so emotionally connected to those shows while at those shows. It's been incredible. Like It's been like a, a revitalization for concerts in a way for me personally. Um, I've been trying to be, I've been trying to be picking and choosing about what I go to as far as it, whether it be, uh, our artists have always wanted to see like Blink or Boy Genius, so I may not get to see again because they don't tour regularly or, um, either someone I really absolutely love, like when I went to go see the National last year or someone I've never seen that I've always wanted to see or someone that's hard to see that I can't see. So that's what I've been trying to aim towards. Not like, and I'm using this just because I've seen them a bunch. And like, honestly, I cannot wait to see them. I think I voiced that a couple years ago that like, or a couple episodes ago that I cannot wait to see this band at Furnace Fest. But Amberlynn has a band, a band I've seen so many times that it's not that I don't enjoy seeing them. Like I cannot wait to see them at Furnace Fest. Like they went for a band like, yeah, I would go watch until like, like a couple years ago that now, like I, ha I really, really, really want to see them on a big stage, massive stage furnace fest this year but i have been very selective about like what i i've been going to and attending and i find that like at least these last two have uh and i don't know what my the next one is on my list i'd have to go look it up i think it might be a free concert or something next month in july um potentially soccer mommy maybe i don't i don't know for sure i have to go check but, but um it's been nice because it's been, I felt like the last two have been so incredible. Like 
I didn't know how she was going to like the show. And I obviously hoped she would enjoy it. Um, and I'm, I, you know, she, she actually is the one that said it to me. She's like, that was awesome. <laughs> she's like, I had such a blast. That was incredible. Like I loved it. And I was like, wow, nice. I did not expect that. Nice. So, yeah, so it was honestly, and then like we, you know, obviously drove home and everything. Like, it was a little later, obviously, because getting out of the parking garage in that area, it wasn't nearly as bad as the Blink show because it was more congested over there. But um, it was a great night from start to finish, and or a great day, I should say, from start to finish. And the concert was awesome. They were just incredible. It felt, it's really one, one of the things I like to see is like how, um, how much room there is in in say like i'll say like the boy genius community or just like the vibes they put out to where people can feel comfortable being themselves and i love that as like especially you know given like pride month and just a fan of people being allowed to be themselves and and being accepted for who they are as people um it felt like that uh whole vibe or atmosphere was very present at this show um, no matter what, you know, someone decided who, what they were decided to identify as or, or who, you know, what gender they decided to identify as or wanted to wear, they felt like they could wear it. Um, they're raising money and they saw that, that boy genius, like camo shirt that was on their, uh, Instagram page that raises money for, I believe it's Tennessee LBGTQ plus community. Um, but yeah, it just is a, it's a really cool atmosphere, um, to see, all that like acceptance and everything and and so much like love uh there in a way too so again just it was awesome like it was it was very uh even just like rehashing it now um five six days later uh it still was kind of like moving just talking about it in a way so yeah it was it was really great yeah i mean it sounds incredible uh and i could for them just from knowing who they are and then i've seen phoebe uh, I'm not surprised at all that that's the atmosphere because that was the atmosphere at the Phoebe concert I went to. Uh, just the people being able to really be themselves. That's something they're definitely about. If you follow them, then that's very evident. Uh, I do have one question. If you remember, uh, mm -hmm. what were the uh, songs like of their own that each of them did? Do you remember that? Uh, let me look it up for sure. Cause I don't want to, um, misquote. And also what was really cool, uh, they had, uh, I'm going to mention this as well as I, as I jump into this and as I pull it up, <laughs> it buys me a few extra minutes, but, um, they also had, and Denise really like this, that they had an all female band. So they had, uh, someone was on keys and doing other instruments like trumpets. Uh, they had a drummer, a bassist, uh, another guitarist, I believe. So I think there was a total of, you know, the three of them, I think there was a total of seven on stage. But uh, they play, They did Please Stay, Lucy Dacus. That was her song. Uh, I knew Phoebe's. I can remember that one. And then Julian Baker's was Favor, which is off her newest record. And then Graceland 2. Um, and that's off of uh, Punisher, which I, I loved when they did that one. Like, I loved Graceland, too. And it was really cool because in the song that's recorded, Lucy Dacus does background vocals, and she did them live. So that was really neat. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. They did uh, a total of 22 songs. 
Nice. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. I know all three of those songs. I'm a fan of all of those. So, yeah, that that's really cool. And it is neat that Phoebe did one that Lucy Dacus is the back uh, the backup on. So that's really nice that she got they were able to do that. I'm sure that's probably something they do, if not every night of tour. They probably do that often because it just makes sense. But that's really cool. I am super jealous. I get what you say about sometimes it can be in a rut. I haven't been going to as many concerts lately. I do have uh, Jason Isbell coming up in August that I'm really excited about, especially because his new album, Weather Veins, I've talked about it on here. It's just so good. It's such a good album. Uh, it, it's one of his best, for sure. And he produced it this time, which I think I mentioned before. But So I get that. Uh, and so on the flip side, he you know that's a that's a show i you know have high hopes i'm it's i usually do feel like you're talking about when i see him live i feel those emotions as well so uh so yeah i mean it just sounds it sounds incredible i would love to see well i mean i've never seen lucy i've never seen julian and julian i think is still my favorite of the three um but it's really hard to say because they all three are so good. Uh, but I would love to see the d- dynamic of Boy Genius together someday. That would be incredible. Uh, so I'm hoping I can do that at some point. But yeah, dude, I'm super jealous uh, in a good way, you know. And I'm 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 really glad you, you got to experience that. I'm happy for you, and I mean, it just sounds like. For fans of music and fans of live music, it just sounds like a a perfect uh, a perfect live experience. Um, to rehash a little bit about the past shows, so um, I would say probably I've enjoyed all of them, but I think at least when Julian did a lot of her more minimalistic the first two records how minimal they were when those were those are the i've never seen her with like a full band like when she toured the last time on the last album cycle that those were probably some of my favorite concert experiences just because it was so different and i have never seen an artist get that much reverence from an entire crowd you could hear a pin drop at a show like it was so quiet in la when I saw Julian Baker, it was like eerie, but like in a good way because of all the reverence paid to it. It was just, re- it was just like unlike anything I'd ever seen. And then again in Pittsburgh, it was like it was the same way. And you just have her quietly singing, and you know it's piano, guitar, and that was it. And then I, she did have a violinist the second time I saw her. But yeah, it, it, she was just one of the most unique, just because of how much reverence the audience paid um, during those two sets that i had watched so yeah no, that sounds incredible yeah I, someday it's gonna happen if i don't get to see boy genius though i hope i do i do uh plan to at least see uh julian and lucy hopefully i'll see all three of them multiple times uh but uh, but i definitely look forward to the opportunity when i do get to see both of them so yeah, I mean, 
we should probably wrap up now. It's been a long episode, but I, yeah, I was, I was very, uh, very much excited to hear about that experience. And yeah, it sounds, it sounds incredible. Yeah. I'm, uh, I definitely, definitely had a good time. Um, and like I said, just kind of looking back on everything now. And then I did post the, the reel on our page too. So if you go to top plays podcast, the Instagram page, uh, there is a minute and 15 second clip of souvenir, which does have the vocal from, uh, Lucy and Phoebe. And the reason it doesn't have the first, uh, part is because I was really into the song and just, <laughs> uh, really emotional. Um, plus I did take a vape hit like before the show, because I knew like that's just going to like accentuate the music experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was such a, it was such a good, good, good time. Um, I was going to say about, well, if there's uh, one other point I was going to make about it, but maybe not. But um, yeah, I think just kind of, I'm just staring at the calendar. Uh, I don't have anything in my actual phone calendar as far as like the upcoming concerts. Um, I know that Soccer Mommy and, and these are separate shows and Punchline are playing this like summer concert series, kind of like how you get for free. Um, so I, I don't know if that's in the end of July or not, but I think that would be the next one I have on my on the books. And then I think it's the very last day of August. Um, I would love to see Always because I, I love Always so much. And they're they're from Canada, so they come down here, but not frequently. But they're playing Stage AE, and I would imagine it'd be the inside versus the outside. But I would really like to go see them on the 31st of August. Uh, we'll see if that happens. That's a busy time just because there's so much going on that weekend. Because that's like right before Labor Day, and I'm off to go to DC for a concert like right after Labor Day. So I don't know. I could tough out one day at work, but yeah, we'll see what happens. What happened to the world we knew? We were so much better than this. That's that's uh the world from Punchline off the album Action. And I will I love that song. I love that album, but especially that song. And I will that line is always in my head. So yeah. I I it's surprising it's, how well the album holds up like 20 years later, too. It's for 21, something like it's that. It's good. And it's yeah. honestly the only punchline album I know. Uh, that's the only one I ever got into. And it may be their first. It's one of their first. It's so good. It is. And they're from the Pittsburgh area, which we don't have a lot of artists. So that's why I say that a lot. Like Juliana Theory and Punchline and the Clarks. I think the only ones I can think of that are like, from Pittsburgh. I mean, there's others too, but I mean, that the actually have made it. It's not like, oh, but Mac Miller, I guess. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big Mac Miller fan, but he's from Pittsburgh as well. But uh, it's just a preference thing. I just don't care for his rapping. Although he does have a bomb song that's on uh, MLB The Show. I was like, who is this? And I listened to it. I was like, oh, it's Mac Miller. I was like, this is pretty good. I do like this jam. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap up on that. <laughs> Sounds good. Next week we got a uh, special episode of um, the heater where we're gonna post. Eh, we'll go with like 
five or six songs. So we'll try to shoot yeah. that range so you yeah. know what to, to gear up for. And then we'll, we'll just, we're not going to like come up with a list of albums. We're just going to name some albums that have, uh, that have affected us this year that have, that might make our top list that have at least been our favorites or something from the first half. Yeah. I'm for it for sure. Over right. under five losses from the Pirates until we record the next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Maybe. All right. Laters. Deuces.